Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers picked up an absolutely huge win on Pau Gasol's huge night. I am going to talk about the game. I am going to try to keep it together while talking about Pau's jersey retirement ceremony. Uh, Probably going to fail. Who knows? But you know what? Who cares? What a night. Let's get to it. Let's start with the game. 112 to 103 is the final as the Lakers beat the Memphis Grizzlies, who it's worth mentioning uh, were missing John Morant, were missing Steven Adams, and got Dylan Brooks back. Uh, the Lakers essentially defensively treated him like they would treat Russell Westbrook, and it did not go very well for Memphis. Brooks finishes the night 5 of 17 from the field, 3 of 10 from three-point range. He reached that Doug Christie point for me where every time he was open and went up to shoot, I just started laughing. For the Lakers, though, the story here and the story basically during this stretch while they haven't had LeBron has been Anthony Davis. 30 points, 11 of 17 from the field, 7 of 9 from three from the free throw line. Three-point range would be great. <laughs> from the free throw line, 22 boards, 3 assists, Two block shots, uh, had Jaron Jackson Jr. in Alcatraz all night, had him in absolute hell. Jaron Jackson Jr. finishes the game with five fouls. Uh, Santi Aldama was in foul trouble, five for him. Uh, There was just, there was no real answer for what AD was doing out there. Um, looked very under control. Uh, One thing that I really liked and and I have liked about his game during the stretch is the real focus on getting to the rim, you know, really applying pressure there at the rim, not just with the basketball, but also in terms of offensive rebounds. He grabbed four offensive rebounds in this one, um, a lot of tips and and a lot of, you know, just... And the nice thing about him focusing on offensive rebounding the way that he can is it keeps the other team out of transition, even on, on misses. So... Yeah, just a stellar game from AD. Sure, the, the seven turnovers is a bit much. The Lakers in general tonight turned the ball over uh, a, a bit too much. But but look, I'm, you're not going to get me uh, to criticize AD tonight. Also worth mentioning here, Dennis Schroeder, uh, somebody who you guys know I am not the biggest fan of his game, but that doesn't even matter. Like, this, this guy... Um, has been really good during this stretch while LeBron has been out and while D'Angelo Russell continues to nurse that ankle. Darvin Ham said after the game that Russell will be available or they're hoping for him to be available Friday against Toronto. That would be huge. Uh, but Schroeder finishes the game with 17 points, 5 of 14 from the field, 7 of 7 from the free throw line, 0 of 3 from three-point range, but I, he's not a three-point shooter, so... That doesn't necessarily shock me. Six boards, nine assists, only two, two turnovers. He had a steal on the night, a plus 16. Uh, let's just look at these numbers here. AD, plus 24. Troy Brown Jr., plus 20. Dennis Schroeder, plus 16. Uh, Rui Hachimura, who I thought had one of his better games, maybe his best game as a Laker, plus 22 on the night. Uh, this on a night where the Lakers win by nine. 
those are huge numbers. Those are big numbers. That's big impact that those guys were having on on the game. And yeah, it was great to see them show out the way that they did. And also it was great to see Darvin Ham kind of stick with them. Jared Vanderbilt didn't really have it tonight. Uh, he only played 24 minutes. He finished the game with uh, five points, eight boards. Given this matchup against Memphis, there isn't really a wing for him to to go out and try to defend. Um, they the with with the way AD was rebounding, that doesn't really, you know, leave much room for <clears throat> Jared Vanderbilt uh, on the boards. So Ham kind of opted for Rui Hachimura and the uh, abilities that he offers on the on the offensive side of the ball and. Rui came through, so that was great to see. Austin Reeves with another solid game. Uh, yeah, this was this was a huge win that the Lakers absolutely had to have. So now it's about looking at the standings. So the playoff slash play-in, honestly, the Western Conference is just effing insane right now. So you have Dallas and Golden State tied with 32 losses. Um, both of them have 32 wins. From there, you have the Minnesota Timberwolves. They have 33 losses. So do the Clippers. The Lakers, Pelicans, Thunder, and Blazers all have 34. Utah, they have 35. So that entire like 5 through 13 spot in the West, they are all celebrated by three losses, <laughs> uh, which is just insane. And, you know, these standings are going to change on a nightly basis as teams beat each other, as teams go on kind of runs. Uh, But, you know, one thing that you look at here with all of those teams, Dallas, if you look at their last 10, four and six, Golden State, their last 10, six and four, Minnesota's last 10, five and five, the Clippers last 10, three and seven, the New Orleans Pelicans last 10, three and seven. OKC four and six, Portland four and six, Utah four and six, the Lakers, they are seven and three. So of all of those teams kind of in that grouping right now, they are playing the best basketball. And it's it's kind of astounding that they are, right? You're looking at a team that doesn't have LeBron James, hasn't had LeBron James here for a little while, haven't had D'Angelo Russell for now a little while, a couple weeks. Uh, they those are their two primary ball handlers. Dennis Schroeder has stepped up. Anthony Davis has been special, and the Lakers have been in that group. Just talking about those teams that are kind of flying, fighting for those five through ten spots uh, heading into the postseason. The Lakers have played the best basketball, ba- best basketball of all of them, and I think it all kind of goes back to the fact that the Lakers are are building off of the two stars and really good role players model. And <laughs> this is this, this is the insane thing, funny thing, but insane thing really that the Lakers kind of ignored when they went out and they tried to trade for Russell Westbrook. But if you look back oh, at the the Lakers last six championships, Shaq and Kobe surrounded by great role players. We're we're, we're good for three of them. Kobe and Powell surrounded by great role players. We're good for another two of them. LeBron and AD, surrounded by really good role players, was good for another ring. The, the formula is right there, right? It seems to be right there. And, and yeah, you know, w- would it be nice? Is, is, it, is it kind of a flashier 
construction of a roster to have three stars and try to make it work around those three stars? Sure, yeah. But at the end of the day, for the Lakers, they kind of have to look at what works, right? They have to look at the results here and try to figure out what works. And LeBron and AD, they've had injuries before. LeBron has had injuries before here with the Lakers. But the Lakers were able to make it work in 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 in, a, in years where they had those injuries and still be relevant in the title kind of, or at least in the playoff configuration because they had great role players who knew what they had to do to win regardless of the, the, the star situation from game to game. And I think here we're looking at it again where, hey, yeah, it sucks that LeBron isn't available. It sucks that D'Angelo Russell isn't available, but Dennis Schroeder has has played really well as the primary ball handler, uh, who gets all gets to also be surrounded by spacing. On a night where Malik Beasley doesn't have it, yeah, because we're deep, because the Lakers are deep. We man talking like a true fan, because the Lakers are deep. Uh, you have Troy Brown there available, capable of of knocking down shots. Uh, on a night where maybe those guys don't have it or you need another guy beyond those guys to have it, there's Austin Reeves able to step up and step into a spot. Jared Vanderbilt, uh, the, the game doesn't necessarily call for his skill set. Cool, there's Rui Hachimura being able to to, to step in. Uh, Mo Bamba tweaks his ankle. All right, well, William Gabriel, I guess, is just going to have to play more minutes as the backup five. And, and that's the point here. <laughs> the Dodgers kind of figured this out in a 162-game season where depth is really the, the, the answer there. And, and in baseball, it is such a drastic difference between regular season ball and postseason ball that those super deep teams that have great regular seasons have kind of, kind of faltered in, in the postseason here for the Dodgers. But for the Lakers... The, the difference isn't that stark from regular season or as stark as it is in baseball um in basketball the, it, this is this is a formula that can work we it's a formula that we've seen work so yeah i i think depending on how the rest of these these i guess 17 or so 18 or so games left that the lakers have go um and and look maybe things change maybe this was just a a random run that we all got to enjoy together but if this continues and if this the if this is how the lakers look here from from for the rest of the season i really do hope that any you know ill-fated or ill-conceived pursuit of kyrie irving zach levine uh bradley beal that that just gets nipped in the bud i have been it's we're heading into spring here in texas so i've been working like crazy on my lawn and uh we had a company who just completely shot us in the foot with <laughs> committed fraud in my opinion. But they 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 did not nip any of the weeds in my backyard in the bud. And and I think this is one here this one this is one if you give real consideration to the past and and you give real consideration to what has worked with LeBron and A D, this is the equation. This is the formula, and this is the path forward, I think, for the Lakers. The game, however, wasn't just the story. Uh, during halftime of this one, Pau Gasol's jersey went up into the rafters, where it belongs, by the way. I saw there were some people uh, trying to garner engagement by saying that Pau's jersey doesn't belong up there. Bullshit. 
Uh, this guy just 100% deserves to be up there. He's a Hall of Famer. He won two championships. That right there is enough for most, for all of the guys up there, right? At least to, to reach those things. If you're a Hall of Famer and if you played a central role in winning championships, plural, for the Lakers, you get your jersey retired. This should this was never in question. This should never have been in question. Anybody who questions it, I question you. Not just like your basketball opinions, but you as a person, <laughs> to be completely honest. Uh, but Pal, Pal to me, um, and I tweeted this out, and I and and again, this is going to be where I try to keep it together. But Pal to me uh, was obviously fantastic. Uh, as a fit basketball wise, he was everything that the Lakers needed um, in a season that started with Kobe demanding to play on Pluto, um, demanding Andrew Bynum get traded. Andrew Bynum get, goes down. The Lakers trade for Powell and they go right to the finals uh, after they trade for Powell because it was such a perfect basketball fit. But the basketball and, and I could rant and rave about the basketball forever. And I would love to. At some point, when when I get to get back with people to talk about these kinds of things with people, because that's when reminiscing is the most fun. But how, to me, the basketball player is such a small part of the story. He's such a legitimately good human being. And to me, he was kind of like Kobe was kind of the soul. Kobe was the driving force of those two championship teams. But to me, Pow is the heart. Pow, you... Tonight, and I'm just doing this off the top of my head, but Sasha Vujicic was there. Josh, Josh Powell was there. DJ Mbengo was there. Lamar Odom was there. Phil Jackson was up in a suite. Um, and there were other players there from, from that championship run who I'm probably forgetting. Uh, the Those guys legitimately cared about each other. You really felt it. It, it like jumped right off of the screen that not only were they happy to play basketball at such a high level together, but they were happy to do it because they all really genuinely cared about each other as human beings. It's like when, when Lamar Odom went down, or, or not went down, but but like, went, well, I guess went down the, the really dark stretch that he did, and, and there was legit concern about whether or not he was going to be around from here on out. You look at the response from all of those guys to those moments, uh, and, and like Kobe you know, f- getting there as quickly as possible to try to be there for him. And, and, and the response and the love that those guys had for Lamar when he was going through such a tough stretch, uh, those guys, it, it, they just, it wasn't just basketball. There was genuine love on a very human level. And I really think that was part of what Powell brought to the table when the Lakers traded for him. And you see it continue on to the, to, to, to these moments now, um, and, and, you know, when, when Kobe died, right, you look at the way that everybody responded to that and, and those guys just kind of like circling around each other and, 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 and garnering strength for each other and, and offering up strength to Vanessa and the Bryant family during all of that. Um, you look at how Powell has, has been such a central figure in the Bryant family, you know, the, 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 the children who, um, Kobe lives on through, uh, how you know says that like the way that he honors Kobe is to continue to be there for his children. That was what Jonathan Sharks asked of all of us was like, "Will my son know your name?" Uh, that that kind of passion for each other to me is is 
what I'm going to remember Powell for. And, you know, for anybody who questions whether or not his jersey belongs up there, like that's not even a starting, that's not even a conversation worth having. Because if you don't think so, then I don't need to talk to you. But to me, Powell symbolizing so many things, uh, you know, in terms of what I love about sports, but also more importantly, what I look for in role models from our athletes. Like he is somebody who I can't wait to tell my kids about. He is somebody who I can't wait to, you know, share his his kind of ideologies and 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 all of that to to my children through. Uh, congratulations, pal, felicidades! I could not be prouder to see your name and your number up there where it belongs. But I can't go on without talking about the person in the face that I don't see, uh, the brother that elevated me inspired me, challenged me to be a better player, just to be a better man overall. I miss him, I miss him so much, like many of us do. I love him, I wish he was here with Gigi, I really do. Uh, but I think he'll be proud, and he was looking forward to this moment, so I love you, brother. There's no debate. I mean, how when he retires, he will have his number in the rafters next to mine. Uh, the reality is, I don't win those championships without Powell. The CAA doesn't have those two championships without Powell. So we know that. Everybody knows that. And I really look forward to the day where he's there giving his speech at, at center court in front of all the fans who have supported him over the years. So it's going to be an awesome night.